the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Widmer, and joining us today are the Rodeo Kids ambassadors themselves. Today, we're going to talk about the feelings and the emotions and the stresses and all of the things that come with being a rodeo contestant and having those huge gold buckle dreams and how we face that and how we overcome those struggles that we sometimes have and how we turn our obstacles into opportunities and the ambassadors share their thoughts and their stories and how they feel and how they've overcome the things that sometimes hold them back. So they are doing an awesome job promoting RodeoKids.com and the Western way of life. If it's something that you are interested in being involved in, we have opened it up and created a new website so that anybody can become a Rodeo Kids ambassador. So head on over to RodeoKids.com and check that out. Hopefully you have been following us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We have been busy. We got to go to Colorado and Utah to do Rodeo Kids clinics for barrels, poles, breakaway, and goat tying. If you'd like to have a clinic near you, just reach out to us and we'd love to get one set up. And we have been going to the Little Bridges finals and traveling all over to rodeos to compete ourselves. So it has been a busy summer just like yours and we are excited to get fired back up with these podcasts. So make sure that you give us a follow and share with your friends so you can stay updated whenever time we update a Rodeo Kids weekly podcast. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Welcome to the Rodeo Kids Ambassador podcast recording this week or this month. Um, As always, I'm excited to have you guys here. And today I just wanted to talk a little bit about... um, feelings and actions and the difference between them and how they can serve us and how they can hinder us and um, how we can use them to our power and kind of what the difference is. And one thing that sparked the topic of this conversation um, was a book that I've started listening to on Audible. And I highly recommend all of you listen to it because it is an awesome book and it's called Sustain Your Game. And um, I'm actually going to buy the hard copy too, because I just find myself wanting to go in and highlight stuff all the time. It's by Alan Stein Jr. Um, He is big into the NBA and he has quite a story himself, but there's just all kinds of stuff um, that goes into the mental game. And one of the things that he said um, that really stuck with me the other day, and I thought, man, this is something that I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about it. And it was talking about that feelings are designed to inform us, not to direct us. They're information, not instructions. And then he went on to talk about how there's a difference between actions and feelings. So I want to kind of turn this over to you guys, too, um, if anybody is ready and has an idea as to something that they'd like to share about feelings versus actions. uh, Go ahead and raise your hand because I would love to hear what you have to say. I was going to say that feelings are... um are kind of our thoughts and then then because like if we think positively then we can have positive outcomes so like we talk about uh like in the book mind gym mm-hmm. how it talks about how positive thoughts and positive feelings um can create a better performance and better actions yeah 
Okay, who else? Kind of the thought of, I think a lot of us want to make actions based off of feelings. And so we kind of have to control those feelings and think about what we're going to do based on our feeling. Like when we feel bad after a run, a lot of people tend to take it out on their horse instead of realizing that it was their fault. And like, it doesn't have, I mean, it happens in and out of the arena a lot too. Yeah. How many of us let our feelings, you know, that we take it out on ourselves too. Like when things don't go well, when our actions don't go well, we let our feelings become aggressive even towards ourselves or negative or down or pessimistic. Anybody else get caught up in that sometimes? I know I do. And like, that's not a bad thing always. You know, there's definitely something to be said for feeling your feelings and caring enough that when you don't do well, that you, you know, that, that it sucks because it does, you know, if you're putting that much time in there, it's okay. But can you have bad feelings or like can emotions and still go out there and be active and do good things? I believe so. Cause you can kind of like fake it till you make it. Yeah. Kind of pursue, even though you're not having a good day, you can always smile and somebody's always having a worse day than you most likely. Exactly. And there was somebody who in this book, it was talking about like, really, when you use the phrase, fake it till you make it, you're not really faking it because you're still doing the actions the, you're still making it. You might not feel like it, like internally, you might not feel like it, but you are still going through the process that it takes to make it. Um, so you're not actually faking it. You're really doing it, even though it doesn't feel great. I was going to go along with how bad feelings can help you. Like, I know when I was having a really bad day and I had a lot of bad feelings about everything in life, I would go to the gym and those would be the best gym sessions. Like I take no pre-workout or nothing, but I'd go for three hours and work out for three hours straight. And I'd feel a hundred times better by the time I left. And it, in turn, it made my mental health better and my physical health better. So it, the bad feelings can help you motivate, but you have to be careful on how you respond to your bad feelings. Yeah. Does anybody have a story they'd like to share about this when you've been in a situation where things just felt like they were falling apart and then you kept moving forward? Like you didn't let the feelings determine your actions. Last year at my state finals, I was in eighth grade and like I had a bunch of bad things happen. And uh, since I was in, I'm qualified in all my events. I had to keep, even though I had bad runs or uh, bad cows or stops, I still had to keep going because I still had a lot more events to do. And um, at the end of the first round, I came back and I won the first round in bareback. Oh, that's awesome. Because you just kept moving forward. Yeah. Like one of my college rodeos, they decided to put goat tying and barrels back to back. And those are the only two events I do in college rodeo. And I was last in barrels and third in goat tying. And I used the same horse. So we had to do a whole saddle change and all that. And I missed my barrel run by seconds. I heard them do my last call as I was running into the arena, but it, the bad feelings motivated me to do better. And I made sure after that, that I was in the arena, at least 10 people before me, no matter what, You bet. <laughs> because they weren't going fast. They weren't going through them fast. The beginning of slack. And by the end of slack, they were flying through them. <laughs> Yeah, definitely got to pay attention. One of my very first, it was actually my very first college rodeo. Um, I had a new horse and he got kind of hot at the gate. And so um, I was staying back, but like he was warmed up. I was ready to go. I was there, 
but I hadn't checked the draw well enough to realize that my name was not the same. I think they had me down as Connie or it was Connie or Car it was Carrie Woodmer instead of Camry Widmer. And it was my first rodeo. So I had no idea if it was wrong or right, or if there was a Carrie Woodmer or not. And uh, because of that, the three called me and I got disqualified. Um, so definitely make sure that uh, you get that stuff changed and that you talk to your coaches beforehand and make sure that everything is in line. If there's anything that looks like it could be uh, wrong once you get into a draw situation or somebody else is entering for you or may have written your name wrong, that you triple check that and then be close enough to the announcer that you can hear because that was not a good call to my parents, letting them know I got disqualified at my first college rodeo, three call, and I was there. So... <laughs> Definitely not a great thing. Um, I know over life, I'm going through a lot with one of my barrel horses at the moment uh -huh. because we get about three runs good after changing something else and it all falls apart again. And it's been, we had one, one of the junior rodeos and haven't had a good solid set of clean runs since then. And that's been okay. a lot of frustration and like in the beginning, it was embarrassing on like, I just felt bad because I'm like, I know that we're better than this. And through, I think my frustration has made me work harder. And I've also ridden a lot of different horses, especially because my trainer can't train as many horses now. So she's having me get on them. And like right now we're working on a four-year-old who doesn't want to take the right lead. So that's frustrating. I have to push for it. And it's actually made me better and like, taking a deep breath and just making everything a big deal because he gets hot really fast and likes to worry about things so yeah. I mean I've had to ring in my frustration a lot yeah have you guys ever heard um about how like when you're going into the next season in your life and you're leveling up that it's going to get muddy and that it gets like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're going from like high school to college or junior high rodeo to high school rodeo or from one career to the next, like there's this period that things just like fall apart. And like Riley, it sounds like you're in a season right now where you're probably trying to level up with your barrel horse. You're trying to level up with your riding. You're trying to take advice from somebody new. You're trying to apply it. You're working on your mind and your mental game and all of that. And when you're trying to do all of those things at once, that's a lot. That's a lot for all of us to handle. And it can get us down and it can mess with our feelings. Um, but our feelings and our thoughts are things that like, they're like little bubbles that come up and we can pop the bubbles that we don't need. Now they're still going to be there. Feelings are only in our control to a certain extent. You know, like sometimes we, we do a presentation and um, I think uh, Lainey's on here and maybe partly too. And we talked about how that what's in and out of our control. And one of those that came up is our, our feelings and our thoughts in our control. Well, they are and they aren't because we can train ourselves to think certain ways, but there are still so many things in the universe, like our social media, our school, the television, the radio, the atmosphere, the weather, like so many things that are going to come up that keep us thinking all these things and engage these feelings. Like even a gloomy day can make us feel a little less great. You know, it can like make us feel down a little bit more blue, but 
we get the choice to say, okay, I know that the atmosphere is having this effect on me, but that is something that is, I can control how I react to it. You know, and our reaction is our action. So are we going to let it continue to like, yes, I have this feeling right now, but am I going to continue to let it control the rest of my day? Or am I going to pop that bubble that wants me to stay down here in negative? Or am I going to move past that bubble and pop it and say, nope, I'm going to let this big happy bubble float to the top. And I'm going to focus on pushing that one up and popping the other one. That's one way to think about it. I have a story. Of, I was at a rodeo one time and I got my horse at the gate, but he wouldn't go forward in goat time. And then it, then I had to jump on my sister's horse, but it turned out good because I still got second place. Yeah. Sometimes when those things happen, like that's the, the best time because we quit focusing and quit putting so much pressure on ourselves to do things a certain way. Like I think preparation is amazing and practice is awesome and you have to do it. But sometimes those of us who are really competitive and who really desire to go after goals and work hard for them, like every single one of you do here, sometimes we get so wrapped up in that that we forget to just go have fun and feel the moment and do the action instead of letting all of the pressure and the external stuff like when I was in high school, um, some of you have heard the story that I wanted to make the high school finals in the GOAT time my junior year. And I worked really hard. I came out, I won my first two rodeos and it was awesome. And I thought I had my ticket punched to the high school rodeo finals. And then for the next eight rodeos in a row, I went through my muddy season. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Like the GOAT ended up like between my legs and I fell down on my face. I got stepped on, my goats got up. Like it was just a total mess. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And I went back in and ended up like continuing to not let those feelings of doubt and worry and not believing in myself. Like I didn't let those feelings take over. I just kept moving forward. I kept putting in the action, the work regardless. And then I came back to my first rodeo of the fall season or the spring season hadn't placed in any of them except for the first two tied my goat and won it by a second and a half, but I had practiced putting my hands right back on the string and letting the goat up. So I got disqualified from that, which was a heartbreaker too, but I just kept moving forward and moving forward. And then I learned how to take the pressure off of myself and say, you know, these are just feelings. These are things. As long as I keep going and doing the actions and focus on the action and just take a deep breath and let my second nature, my, that's not the words I'm looking for, but let that take over. Then it started to work much better. And then along with your story, I guess I got a little long winded there, but it was right before it was the rodeo before state finals. And I really, really, really needed to do good. Like I'd started placing in the top three at every rodeo. And I had, this is the last one before state finals. And so it really mattered. And I went in there and right before it was my turn, I was all prepared. I was all amped up. I was ready to go tie fast. A girl got thrown off of her horse, got stepped in, stepped on and had to have the ambulance come in. And it was like, oh my gosh, like, this is, I'm not focused anymore. Like I'm so worried. All these feelings started to bubble up. And then this guy came by one of those goofy kids that just says the most outlandish things at the most outlandish times. And he says, Hey, do you know my horse's name is spider? And I was like, what? Like, I'm trying to stay super focused on all this stuff. And I'm like in the moment. 
I was just like, yeah, my horse's name is Spider. I don't know why you're so serious, you know? <laughs> As he said that, like, it totally took my train of thought off of all the pressure that I was putting on myself and I was able to go out and perform better. Can't, like, you and I have talked about my experience with my horse being hurt. Mm-hmm. And that was an- another thing that I had that I had so many feelings for. Like, I was so mad at God and myself that we couldn't do anything because if Riley Ryan remembers that she might remember it but her and I weren't really like friends at the time but we my horse got hurt at my very first high school rodeo and he placed top 10 in polls with less than two weeks of us working on polls and then in the second round he took a weird step and he still plays top 10 but he almost fell out of the arena. That's the best way I can explain it. And like from that day on, I made so many rodeo friends and family because everyone stepped up to help me. And I didn't see it for a really long time in his nine months of recovery, but it was a true blessing to meet everybody. Cause then I was able to come back stronger and I made a lot more friends that were willing to do anything for me and let me borrow horses. And I had to learn that I couldn't be mad at God for him being hurt because there was a lot more opportunities that opened up because it was hard. It's hard to say, but I couldn't really look at him for a good month after it happened because I was so mad at myself and it was not fair to him. So I don't suggest doing that because he got a little depressed too. Yeah, that's, that's a tough deal. And sometimes, you know, it can't, who else has ever thought like kind of been mad at God for a moment? and kind of blamed him for some stuff that was going on and like, why would you do this to me, God? And um, when we were at this rodeo Bible camp last week, it was just an amazing experience, but they went on to explain, you know, that, that God wants us to win and God wants us to be successful, but more importantly, he wants us to be champions in, in his eyes and by a champion in his eyes, that's not having a horse that can go out there and win all the time and do all of that. Like, yes, that's part of it. And he will bless us with those. Um, but God more so wants us to be champions in the way that we represent him and the way that we put him forward and we help each other and all of that. And sometimes God's plan is like you said, Victoria, it's hard to see it while it's happening. Um, you know, I had a horse, I used to pro rodeo on a bunch and I absolutely loved him. He was awesome. And he just kind of got slower to where I couldn't, couldn't run him anymore. And what that came down to, when I look back at it, sometimes those things have to happen so that it forces us to move forward so that it forces us to take action with a different horse or with a different set of rodeos or a different association or a different group of people. Um, so we just have to trust that God does have a plan for us. There's one Bible verse, um, or there's a quote that says, you are not responsible for other people's thoughts, emotions, or actions, but you are responsible for your actions. Can you repeat that? You are not responsible for others, other people's act, uh, thoughts, emotions, or actions. You are responsible for your own. What's that mean to you? Like, don't worry about the other people. So like it's almost like being mean. Try to like get that out of your head and um, be responsible for your own thoughts or like other people's actions that they do. You're responsible for the responsible for your own. Yeah. Who here has been embarrassed? You know, Riley Ryan was talking about being embarrassed. 
um, when we feel like other people are looking at us or judging us. The fear of what other people think, right? Is that in our control? No. The fear of what, what other people think, what other people say, what other people do, how other people react, just like Peyton's uh, quote just said, none of that stuff is in our control. And when we start to accept, like the serenity prayer is one thing that um, really helped me out when I was in high school going through that um, muddy season. And then when I got into college, that transition from high school to college is also a very muddy season. Like I don't know very many people at all that go in and they just love their first semester because it's so different. You know, you're going into that next level and you don't have your parents there. You are totally out of your comfort, excuse me, your comfort zone. Um, for me, I had horses get sick and I blew nine tires my first semester of college and all these things were happening. And I was just, oh my gosh, I was into the blaming God stage as well. And like, God, why would you do this to me? And um, like, I'm here just trying to do my best. Like, all I want to do is compete, have fun and, you know, college, do the college thing. And my mom ended up giving me a ring and it had the serenity prayer on it. And that is God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. You guys all familiar with that? And that is something that I keep in my trailer at all times. And that's something that I go back to because so often our, we let our feelings get in the way of our actions because we are worried about what other people think. We are worried about um, the times that other people have, the horses that they just got, the rigs that they pull up in, um, the money that it seems like they have, the friends that they've got, all the exterior stuff that we see. Um, but in the book, The Boy, the Fox, the Mole, and the Horse, it says, you know, isn't it crazy that we judge everybody on what's happening on the outside, what we can see on the outside, but what's really happening is on what well, everything that's actually happening is on the inside of us. Never thought about it that way. There's so many things that are happening on the inside, but as long as we stay focused on what's in our control, and sometimes it's part of the learning curve too. You know, I think a lot of us, including me, get in the in the habit or in the in the process of letting the judgments of others. And, and it's important to, to take their thoughts and their suggestions and what's going on around you as information. Um, kind of like what I was talking about in the very beginning, where it says, um, let me find it again real quick, that our feelings are designed to inform us. So when we're feeling these things from the fear of what other people think, uh, we can ask ourselves, what is this really telling us? What is it telling me about myself? Do I actually feel this way because I know that I haven't put the time in? Do I actually feel this way because I know that I haven't studied enough or because I haven't slept enough or I haven't been taking care of things? Is that why we're really worried about it? I think, you know, a lot of times when we know that we have done the work and we have put the time in, and this isn't for everybody all the time, but most what I've found is when I know that I have done what is in my control and when I have spent the time and read the books and done the workouts and focused and stuck to my list of goals, when I show up somewhere, I don't have to worry about the fear of what other people think because I know that I deserve to be there. 
I know that I have done the work and put in the time. And so whatever anybody else thinks, I don't care because they weren't there in the practice pen. They weren't there on the late nights. They weren't there on the days that I argued with my parents about stuff or the lessons or all of that stuff that goes into it. So um, that's one thing too, that we can, we can use into those feelings. Um, and when we're struggling is making sure and asking ourselves, are we really doing what it takes? Do we really deserve to win? I had a friend um, that was that told me one time that really stuck with me. He said, I was at this rope and there's this old man named Brenny, older man, pardon me. Um, he's like in his seventies, but he still goes to all these ropings and um, Matt had gone out there and he beat him. You know, they were, uh, Matt ended up first. I think Brenny ended up second and he went to go shake his hand. And he said, you know, Matt, he said, you deserve to win today. He said, you've been going out there. You've been putting in the time. I know you've been going and getting help from different people and working with your horses and all that. He said, you deserve to beat me today. And Matt was like, wow, you know, I have been putting in the work and I did deserve it today. But I think a lot of times when we let the fear of what other people think, it's because we don't quite deserve it. Again, not always, but that's just something to consider. Um, so along that using those feelings and asking them, okay, what is this informing us about and not letting it instruct us to react certain ways or do like, oh, I don't feel good today. So I'm not going to take the action to go to the gym to feel better. Um, that sparked me um, to think because like for the longest time after me and my barrel horse couldn't get our lives together and co and sync, like we had he's had multiple injuries and multiple issues. So like the minute everything would start to go good, we'd have to break everything back down and have to refix it. And I stopped kind of caring about what people thought. And we just slowed everything back down and started back from scratch. And when I had like now, I'm happy that we ran a 17 and want to check in the 4D at our local barrel race. Because for me, that was a personal goal. We can completed everything that we meant to where and a lot of people kind of questioned us in the beginning of how could you feel that way because you guys have won so much and I said we had to fix it and go back in like time and like he frets over things so the minute something goes wrong he frets it the next time and I kind of just have to work past that and it's helped me control my actions on top of that and like Chewy, you're fine. Everything's going to be fine. We just have to go through it. And like, I've never met, he's also a rope horse and a very high powered rope horse. Mm -hmm. And I've never met a rope horse who's more, more afraid of a rope than ever. <laughs> and he is completely terrified. But if I just leave everything as completely fine, he's totally <laughs> chill. We go for when we do a barrels, I have to, I'm very fortunate that the people who put on the left or the local bell race are the people who help me so mm -hmm. I kind of get a pick of where I get to go and like I go in first I ride around while I set up the pattern and that way when I pick everything up he's like oh we're not doing anything important and he goes because I think as a person he'd be one of those people who fret every run and like get super concentrate like they pressure he pressures himself mm -hmm. and I pressure myself so then we kind of work together in that way and when everything fell apart we totally reimagined everything. And now again, personally, our 17 second run with the 40 check, we're totally happy with. 
Yeah. So let me ask you, when you're talking about pressure, when you pressure yourself and you feel like he pressures himself, what do you think causes that pressure? I think like kind of like PTSD in a sense, like for like he got hurt and then we weren't turning our first barrel the right way. So he'd blow by it. And I think he pressured himself or like thought that he wasn't strong enough to hold me and do his job correctly. So he kind of took it and ran with it instead of like everything's okay and just doing his job. And he was worried about himself and like protecting himself. And so he didn't get hurt again. Okay. What about you pressuring yourself? What do you mean by that? I'm like, I always fear like I pressure myself in trying to do better than just doing the job that I was supposed to do. Okay. Like I go farther than I need to. Yeah. And it, when you put pressure on yourself, um, is, do you think that sometimes it's because we're focused on things that are out of our control or things that happened in the past instead of being focused on what is in the right now? I 100% believe that. And like, I think, I think of horses a lot in terms of people instead of just tools that we use. Mm -hmm. And like my animals are very personal to me. So I think he'd be one of those athletes that if he got hurt, he would never go to where he was before. Like say like a track runner who he ran the fastest time he gets hurt and now he's afraid to push himself to go faster than he was before yeah in training so that's the way I think of himself and he's like I'm gonna hurt myself if I get because he's can go from a 16 hand horse to a 14 cutting pony to make a turn he's very Mm -hmm. talented yeah and very athletic but he also like I can, when I warm him up, he'll take certain steps. And I think he tries to protect himself mm-hmm. to where he's like, I'm going to get hurt again. And I don't want to. Right. I think it's awesome that you've talked about like using those reassuring thoughts in order to help him through that and to help yourself through that. This is an interesting thing that I learned. I believe it was the, the number is 7%. Does that, so your subconscious, your, your, we'll start with your conscience. Your conscience is like, we'll just think of it like the front of our brain. That's what we are using. That's what we're cognitively using um, when we are making decisions, when we're thinking about what we're going to say next, when we're reacting to things in the moment. Um, and the But the rest of that 7% of what we say and what we do is what we're aware of. And the rest of it comes from our subconscious. That's everything that's stored in our brain that has happened up to this moment that will help us determine how we react or how we, uh, what we say or what we feel after a certain event. And so that's something that's always been really interested to me when I, interesting to me when I started to realize that the way that I felt about things right now in this moment probably actually had something to do with something that happened in the past. Like if it was an injury or something like that, the way that I perceive it now is based on the other 93% of what's back here that I don't even know that I'm thinking when I'm thinking it. 
And once we start to control that, some of this is kind of like what we talked about with Chevy Allen and how our brain will turn on and turn off and the different parts that we'll use. Um, but for those of you who are wanting to continue growing in your sports, I'd highly recommend researching about how the brain works, at least reading a couple books about it, because it will teach you like how to cognitively like, oh, I feel this way because I'm using things that happened in my past that I don't even realize that help um, determine this. So let's shift gears just a little bit and let's talk about stress. Um, is stress a choice? Um, I think it's like partially subconscious, but I think a lot of it is kind of conscious too, because like you kind of have to stress yourself out almost a little bit. And, but yeah, like, I know, like for goats, for me, like before a run, I'll like freak myself all out. Then my goat's going to come untied when in reality, if I wouldn't think about it, it probably won't happen. Mm -hmm. So what you focus on is what you create, right? So yeah. in, this, in this book, it said um, stress is a response. You know, sometimes we feel like the world is imposing things on it. Like this is happening to, happening to us because of the world or this or that. But really, if we think about it, like the world is just a thing that spins around. It's just a place. It's where we are. The world can't actually put anything on us. We get to choose if we accept that or if we let it go. Um, so sometimes when, just like we talked about, feelings aren't always in our control because we're going to have them, you know, we're going to have them bubble up and stuff, but we get to choose if we're going to react to them or not. And if we let them go, because stress is just a perception of reality and it's a choice. And when these events happen, it's our reaction to the event that creates the stress. Go ahead, Aiden. Most of my stress is whenever I'm like at behind the shoots and it's almost my time to climb down in there and get ready to go. And that's just most of my point of stress. And what's causing it in that time frame? I'm not really for sure, but it's just I have a little bit of stress. Like if I have two events for it, I'll start thinking and I'm like, okay, I got to get all this done. And then when I'm back there, I just have stress because all these things are going through my mind. Like when I do something wrong, I'm not going to ride. I need to. And just... Okay. Riley? I think fear also has to do with stress mm -hmm. and like maybe the fear of getting hurt while doing your event. Cause like for when I started goat tang, I watched one of my best friends break her femur and like, I was right there and I heard it all snap and I'm more on the timid, timid side when it comes like for the longest time, I wasn't so aggressive and competitive. So mm -hmm. I was like more afraid of like myself getting hurt and like, fearing the unknown of like what could actually happen and like my brother when he gets on I'm pretty sure he's scared that he can get hurt because why would you tra strap yourself to something that fucks on purpose I will never understand <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's a fear factor there and you're kind of stressing yourself out of what if I get hurt what are people going to think or if you're a people pleaser then you like want to make sure that everyone's happy before yourself mm -hmm. and there's maybe a stress factor there of, am I making them proud? Am I making everyone else happy? And I'm the same way. Like I stress myself out of 
Am I making my grandparents proud? Am I making my parents proud? Are my horses proud of me? Is my trainer proud of me? Like, what's the, there's a lot of stress there as well. Is any of that in your control what they think? No, but I think it's also like a subconscious thing as well. Like you kind of get, it's like a, it's a habit Uh and it's really hard to break a habit. So you like, it's just something you kind of deal with. And then like, when you learn how, like, when you learn things aren't in your control, then I think you can learn how to cope with stress as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't think stress will be in control because it will be a feeling and you can't control your feelings, but you also, but relating back, you can control how you react to your feelings exactly. and rather be reactive, be proactive and kind of just go with, like, kind of go with the flow. Yes, ma'am. Um, I don't know if Lainey and Parley are still on here, but we talked about a lot with box problems this week um, and a couple of the clinics lately being proactive instead of reactive. You know, when you know that certain things trigger you, when you know that you've got certain fears, doubts, and worries, if you have put in the work beforehand with journaling, writing it down, what stresses you out and why, not only does that help you think about it in a different way, but it allows it to release you from inside. So often we internalize these feelings and we either don't talk about them or we only talk about them in a way to make them more ingrained instead of a way to get over them. So um, I'm a big fan of writing, getting a piece of paper and a pen and just putting it all down there and breathing through it because that's a way that you are using multiple forms of communication to talk yourself through that. And then you're like, I am really just putting too much pressure on myself and it can help you get over that. Like Riley was saying how a lot of it is fear because we're dealing with such big animals. Like since I ride rough stock, I ride bulls, then I'm going to start riding bronc. So when I'm back in the shoots, like it's a lot of pressure because, or not necessarily pressure, but stress because I'm worried about getting hurt, especially because I don't only do rough stock. I also rope and steer Mm -hmm. wrestle and all that stuff too. So I'm always worried about, getting hurt for those events and I think that's just something that comes with it I try not to uh get so nervous about it and just try to think positive but I think it's just something that comes with it like I said Mm -hmm. okay so everybody who's on this we're gonna go around and you each get to talk about one thing that you can do or more to overcome these feelings and these fears I think one thing I can do is talk to my horse more they listen more than anybody else can so I tell him all my feelings and I feel like he talks to me back and I will make a mental list and then end up writing it down because I feel like he's the best person to bounce ideas off of how to handle life Mm -hmm. so that's how I plan on handling life a little better lately (laughs) yeah okay Harley um one thing that um I usually do is getting myself used to being uncomfortable, like you said at the clinic, being comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Getting into those positions where you know every single day you put yourself in a place that's just a little bit uncomfortable and finding your way through that um, will train you to be more comfortable in those uncomfortable situations. Allie? Um, I a lot of things I just do is just pray about it before I run, and that helps me not be nervous. Mm-hmm. 
Mackie? Um, so like I practice hard. So then I know that when I'm competing that practice, my practice is going to pay off because it's just muscle memory. Mm -hmm. Trusting your muscle memory is huge. Once you get there, knowing that you've already done the hard work and that, that goes into the deserving to win. Like you already know that you have prepared and that you can go out there and give it a hundred percent and trust that that's going to be enough on that given day. Riley Bevan. (laughs) Uh, I was actually going to say the same thing as Mackie, but um, another thing I do is I separate myself. Like, at the rodeos, I have my friends, and, like, we talk, and we hang out, like, around the fence, we watch our friends, and we cheer them on, but, like, before my run, like, there's, like, that little time period where, like, there's, like, five or ten horses before you, and Mm -hmm. I tend to separate myself. Like, my horse is all warmed up, I got him or her feeling good, whatever I want and I've got myself warmed up and I'm feeling good so I tend to separate myself to think about how I want my run to look like depending on what event like what am I working on am I working on trying to win am I working on trying to fix something that's not going right or has really gone right is winning in your control no no it's not so if we focus on winning we're kind of setting ourselves up for not necessarily failure but we're not focusing on the steps, the steps it takes to be a winner. The clock determines who wins that day. That's up to whatever God's got going on up there. So I think I kind of have to be the opposite of Riley Bevan. Of I need to like kind of be with my friends or else I'll overanalyze my run. And uh-huh. like if it's not what I pictured in my head, then I'm mad at myself and people will be like, oh, but you did so good. And I'm like, but that's not what I envisioned. So it's not good enough for me. So I kind of just have to go with the flow. I like, I know my practice has paid off and my muscle memory takes over when I'm having fun and not like worried about what I think I need my run to look like. Instead, I just go do it. And whatever happens, happens because whatever happened was not really in my control. I did what I practiced. And if it didn't go right from practice then obviously I need I have things to fix but it's kind of like trial and error and here's my run that run wasn't good what do I do I go back to a practice pen and I fix it yeah awesome Peyton Smith one thing I like to do is I like to think over different runs in my head like a good run but then put like my horse like ducked into the first barrel or something like that and I like to have different situations and then think over all the different kinds of run, runs I could have. Okay. Riley? I like to uh, to kind of take away the stress. I'll pray and to kind of like get ready for my run. And um, I also like to do what Peyton does. I also like to review my run in my head. And like back when I used to do goat tying, I would imagine all the different um, – all the different goats I could have, like if a goat kicked or a goat ran to the side, then I would, and I would imagine those different things. Yeah, just the visualization. I was listening to that book and it's also in the inner game of tennis where they did a study and it was a 21 day study and they had, um, there was a group of five who shot 21 baskets or a hundred baskets, 21 days in a row. There was a group that shot 21 baskets for one day and then visualized the other 20 days. And then there was a group that did both 
And then there was a group, I think there were four groups and there was another group that shot baskets the first day and then they didn't do anything again until the last day. And obviously the one that did both of them visualized and shot a hundred baskets a day was the best, you know, they're, they're going to do the best. But when it came to the one who did the physical activity, the physical action of shooting a hundred baskets a day, and the one who visualized doing a hundred baskets a day, there was only like a 2% difference when it came down to the last day, when it came down to the final test. So visualizing is a huge thing that you can do when you practice just to prepare. Um, other things, just really make sure that you are staying present in the moment. If we stay present in the moment that we're in, we don't worry about anything else. If we are 100% focused in that moment on what we can do, riding for feel and not for our plan, um, you know, when you're in the middle of a run or a ride or something like that, the ground will shift, things will shake, stuff will happen. If we can ride for feel and just go in there and feel those horses, feel those bulls, feel the moment, feel the ground and just embrace it in that moment, we get rid of everything else in the world and we are just in it. And that is what, when I see champions, I'm like, they're in that moment. And you can just tell that there is nothing outside of this world, outside of them that is affecting that moment right there and that run. No feelings or anything. And just making sure that you are controlling the things that are in your control and not letting the rest of them get in your way. And that's something you guys can practice. Again, I highly recommend writing stuff down. We can do all the physical things we want, but have you guys ever heard that it's only like 20% physical, 80% mental? Yeah, I remember when we talked to Tilden Hooper and Tilden Hooper was like, I am not an athletic person. Like how I am as good as I am is crazy but it's because he's doing the things outside of just the physical actions. He's working on his mind, writing those goals down, writing down your fears and working through them that way, talking with somebody instead of holding them in and letting them continue to control us. That's the kind of stuff and continuing to take the action when it's hard, when it's not fun, when it's confusing, when it's fuzzy, when it's uncomfortable, when it's muddy and you're between those seasons, continuing to take action regardless of your feelings will help you get to the next level. And that is a wrap for tonight. All right. Awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. Good luck at the barrel race, Riley and Peyton, even though Riley, you're just cheerleading. Good luck cheerleading. Yeah. And good luck to Taylor too. And if anybody needs anything, please reach out to me. I am here to help you guys. And Tuning in to the rodeokids.com podcast. We hope that this gave you some insight and some tips and some different strategies to use just by listening to the stories of others. These are your peers from all across the country who are sharing and being vulnerable with their stories, their thoughts, and their ideas just so that they can help you out too. If you are interested in becoming a Rodeo Kids ambassador or involved in rodeokids.com, check out our new website and the new memberships options. Now anybody can be a Rodeo Kids ambassador. We have opened it up because we were tired of saying that no, you can't join. You can only be a part of like the Facebook page. Now you can actually be a RodeoKids.com ambassador and you can join in on these Zooms and learn so many cool opportunities. So check that out. And we have an awesome opportunity for the Rodeo Kids Mental Game Mini Clinic is being hosted with Dr. Andy Wolf from Tarleton State University.
research scientist and does some really cool things with the rodeo team at Charlton State University. As a professor at the college, he also teaches a sports psychology class. So we're really excited to hear his insight as to how we can step up our mental game because as they say, it's 80% mental and 20% physical. So we have to make sure that we're doing just as much work mentally as we are physically and even more. So this is an awesome opportunity. Check out the rodeokids.com website, click on the clinics link, and you can find how to sign up right there. Reserve your spot today for August 2nd and 3rds, rodeokids.com mental game mini clinic. Good luck, safe travels, and God bless as you're chasing those gold buckle dreams. RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Widmer, and joining us today are the Rodeo Kids ambassadors themselves. We love having the ambassadors on here to share their stories and their thoughts and perspectives on just different topics and how they deal with being a rodeo contestant, teenagers and college students, and just all of the things that go along with being involved in this awesome lifestyle. So we love having them to share with their peers and they are so awesome and open and vulnerable. If it's something you'd like to do, you can join the Rodeo Kids Ambassador team now too. Just head on over to rodeokids.com to check that out. We also have an awesome opportunity coming up with the Rodeo Kids Mental Game Mini Clinic. As we've all heard before, it's 80% mental and 20% physical. And I know personally as a rodeo contestant, it took me a long time to realize just how important the mental game was. So this clinic is online. It's virtual. You can do it from anywhere in the world. You just have to be able to log on from 2 to 5 on August 2nd and August 3rd. That is a Wednesday and a Thursday. So that you can take your mental game to the next level because we are all doing the physical stuff, but winners really focus on the mental game. That's where the game is won in the long run. And We've all been there before. We know that this is an average. So uh, head on over to the rodeokids.com website and click on the clinics tab to register for that as well.